Isaiah chapter 7, Ahaz receives a sign. During the reign of Ahaz, son of Jotham, son of Uzziah, king of Judah, King Rezin in Syria and King Pekah, son of Remaliah of Israel, marched up to Jerusalem to do battle. But they were unable to prevail against it. It was reported to the family of David, Syria has allied with Ephraim. They and their people were emotionally shaken, just as the trees of the forest shake before the wind. So the Lord told Isaiah, Go out with the son of Shea Jashub, and meet Ahab at the end of the conduit of the upper pool that is located on the road to the field where they wash and dry cloth. Tell him, make sure you stay calm, don't be afraid, don't be intimidated by those two stubs of smoking logs, or by the raging anger of Rezin, Syria, and the son of Remaliah. Syria has plotted with Ephraim and the son of Remaliah to bring about your demise. They say, let's attack Judah, terrorise it and conquer it. Then we'll set up the son of Tibal as its king. For this reason, the sovereign Lord says, it will not take place. It will not happen. For Syria's leader is Damascus and the leader of Damascus is Rezin. Within 36 years, Ephraim will no longer exist as a nation. Ephraim's leader is Syria. And Syria's leader is the son of Remaliah. If your faith does not remain firm, then you will not remain secure. The Lord again spoke to Ahaz. Ask for a confirming side from the Lord your God. You can even ask for something miraculous. But Ahaz responded, I don't want to ask. I don't want to put the Lord to a test. So Isaiah replied, pay attention, family of David. Do you consider it too insignificant to try the patience of men? Is that what you are also trying, the patience of my God? For this reason the Lord himself will give you a confirming sign. Look, this young woman is about to conceive and will give birth to a son. You, young woman, will name him Emmanuel. He will eat sour milk and honey, which will help him know how to reject evil and choose what is right. Here is why this will be so. Before the child knows how to reject evil and choose what is right, the land whose two kings you fear will be desolate. The Lord will bring you, your people, and your father's family a time unlike any since Ephraim departed from Judah, the king of Assyria. At that time the Lord will whistle for flies from a distant streams of Egypt and for bees from the land of Assyria. All of them will come and make their home in the ravines between the cliffs and the crevices of the cliffs, in all the thorn bushes and in all the watering holes. At that time the Lord will use a razor hired from the banks of the Euphrates River and the king of Assyria to shave the hair of the head and the private parts. It will also shave off the beard. At that time a man will keep alive a young cow from a herd and a couple of goats. From the abundance of milk they produce, he will have sour milk for his meals. Indeed, everyone left in the heart of the land will eat sour milk and honey. At that time, every place where they had been 1,000 vines worth 1,000 silver shekels will be overrun with thorns and briars. With bow and arrow, people will hunt there, for the whole land will be covered with thorns and briars. They will stay away from all the hills that were cultivated for fear of the thorns and briars. Cattle will graze there and sheep will trample on them. Isaiah chapter 8, a child is born for a sign. The Lord told me, take a large tablet and inscribe these words on it with an ordinary stylus. Maha Shalal Hash Baz. 
Then I will summon as my reliable witness Uriah the priest and Zechariah, son of Jeberechiah. I then approached the prophetess for marital relations. She conceived and gave birth to a son. The Lord told me, Name him Mahashalal Hashbaz, for before the child knows how to cry out, My father or my mother, the wealth of Damascus and the plunder of Samaria will be carried off by the king of Assyria. The Lord spoke to me again. These people have rejected the gently flowing waters of Shiloh and melt in fear over Rezin and the son of Remaliah. So look, the Lord is bringing up against them the turbulent and mighty waters of the Euphrates River, the king of Assyria and all his majestic power. It will reach flood stage and overtake its banks. It will spill into Judah, flooding and engulfing as it reaches to the necks of its victims. He will spread his wings out over the entire land, O Emmanuel. You will be broken, O nations, you will be shattered. Pay attention, all you distant lands of the earth. Get ready for battle, and you will be shattered. Get ready for battle, and you will be shattered. Devise your strategy, but it will be thwarted. Issue your orders, but they will not be executed, for God is with us. The Lord encourages Isaiah. Indeed, this is what the Lord told me forcefully. He warned me not to act like these people. Do not say conspiracy every time these people say the word. Don't be afraid of what scares them. Don't be terrified. You must recognise the authority of the Lord of Heaven's armies. He is the one you must respect. He is the one you must fear. He will become a sanctuary, but a stone that makes a person trip, and a rock that makes one stumble to the two houses of Israel. He will become a trap and a snare to the residents of Jerusalem. Many will stumble over the stone and rock, and will fall and be seriously injured, and will be ensnared and captured. Tie up the scroll as legal evidence, seal the official record of God's instructions, and give it to my followers. I will wait patiently for the Lord, who has rejected the family of Jacob. I will wait for him. Look, I and the sons whom the Lord has given me are reminders and object lessons in Israel, sent from the Lord of heaven's armies, who lives on Mount Zion. Darkness turns to light as an ideal king arrives. They will say to you, seek oracles at the pits used to conjure up underworld spirits from the magicians who chirp and mutter incantations. Should people not seek oracles from their gods by asking the dead about the destiny of the living, then you must recall the Lord's instructions and the prophetic testimony of what would happen. Certainly they will say things because their minds are spiritually darkened they will pass through the land, destitute and starving. Their hunger will make them angry, and they will curse their king and their god as they look upward. When one looks out over the land, he sees distress and darkness, gloom and anxiety, darkness and people forced from the land. Isaiah chapter 9. The gloom will be dispelled for those who are anxious. In earlier times he humiliated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but now he brings honour to the way of the sea, the region beyond the Jordan, and the Galilee of the nations. The people walking in darkness see a bright light. Light shines on those who lead in a land of deep darkness. You have enlarged the nation, and you give them great joy. They rejoice in your presence as harvesters rejoice, as warriors celebrate when they divide up the plunder. For their oppressive yoke and the club that strides their shoulders, the cudgel the oppressor uses on them, you have shattered as in the day of Midian's defeat. 
Indeed, every boot that marches and shakes the earth and every garment dragged through blood is used as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born to us, a son has been given to us. He shoulders responsibility and is called Wonderful Advisor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His dominion will be vast and he will bring immeasurable prosperity. He will rule on David's throne and over David's kingdom, establishing it and strengthening it by promoting justice and fairness from this time forward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of heaven's armies will accomplish this. God's judgment intensifies. The Lord decreed judgment on Jacob and it fell on Israel. All the people were aware of it, the people of Ephraim and those living in Samaria. Yet with pride and an arrogant attitude they said, The bricks have fallen, but we will rebuild with chiselled stone. The sycamore fig trees have been cut down, but we replace them with cedars. Then the Lord provoked their adversaries to attack them. He stirred up their enemies, Syria from the east, and the Philistines from the west. They gobbled up Israelite territory. Despite all this, his anger does not subside, and his hand is ready to strike again. The people did not return to the one who struck them, and they did not seek reconciliation with the Lord of heaven's armies. So the Lord cut off Israel's head and tail, both the shoots and stalk, in one day. The leaders and the highly respected people are the head. The prophets who teach lies are the tail. The leaders of this nation were misleading people, and the people being led were destroyed. So the Lord was not pleased with the young men. He took no pity on their orphans and widows, for the whole nation was godless and did wicked things. Every mouth was speaking disgraceful words. Despite all this, his anger does not subside, and his hand is ready to strike again. For evil burned like a fire, it consumed thorns and briars, it burned up the thickets of the forest, and they went up in smoke. Because of the anger of the Lord of heaven's armies, the land was scorched, and the people became fuel for the fire. People had no compassion on one another. They devoured on the right, but they were still hungry. They ate on the left, but they were not satisfied. People even ate the flesh of their own arm. Manasseh fought against Ephraim, and Ephraim against Manasseh. Together they fought against Judah. Despite all this, his anger does not subside, and his hand is ready to strike again. Isaiah chapter 10. Beware those who enact unjust policies, those who are always instituting unfair regulations to keep the poor from getting fair treatment, and to deprive the oppressed among my people of justice, so they can steal what widows own and loot what belongs to orphans. What will you do on judgment day when destruction arrives from a distant place? To whom will you run for help? Where will you leave your wealth? You will have no place to go except to kneel with the prisoners, or to fall among those who have been killed. Despite all this, his anger does not subside, and his hand is ready to strike again. The Lord turns on arrogant Assyria. Beware, Assyria, the club I use to vent my anger, a cudgel with which I angrily punish. I sent him against a godless nation. I ordered him to attack the people with whom I was angry, to take plunder and to carry away loot, to trample them down like dirt in the streets. But he does not agree with this. His mind does not reason this way, for his goal is to destroy and to eliminate many nations. Indeed, he says, Are not my officials all kings? Is not Calne like 
Carchemish, Hamath like Arpad, Samaria like Damascus. I overpowered kingdoms ruled by idols, whose carved images were more impressive than Jerusalem's or Samaria's. As I have done to Samaria and to its idols, so I will do to Jerusalem and its idols. But when the Lord finishes judging Mount Zion and Jerusalem, then he will punish the king of Assyria for what he has proudly planned and for the arrogant attitude he displays. For he says, By my strong hand I accomplished this, by my strategy that I have devised. I invaded the territory of nations and looted their storehouses. Like a mighty conqueror I brought down rulers. My hand discovered the wealth of the nations as if it were a nest, as one gathers up abandoned eggs. I gathered up the whole earth. There was no wing flapping or open mouth chirping. Does an axe exalt itself over the one who wields it, or a saw magnify itself over the one who cuts with it? As if a scepter should brandish the one who raises, or a staff should lift up the one who is not made of wood. For this reason the sovereign Lord of heaven's armies will make his healthy ones emaciated. His majestic glory will go up in smoke. The light of Israel will become a fire. Their holy one will become a flame. It will burn and consume the Assyrian king's briars and his thorns in one day. The splendour of his forest and his orchard will be completely destroyed, as when a sick man's life ebbs away. There will be so few trees left in his forest, a child will be able to count them. At that time those left in Israel, those who remain of the family of Jacob, will no longer rely on a foreign leader that abuses them. Instead, they will truly rely on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. A remnant will come back, a remnant of Jacob, to the mighty God. For though your people, Israel, are as numerous as the sand on the seashore, only a remnant will come back. Destruction has been decreed. Just punishment is about to engulf you. The sovereign Lord of heaven's armies is certainly ready to carry out a decreed destruction against the land. So here is what the sovereign Lord of heaven's army says. My people who live in Zion do not be afraid of Assyria, even though they beat you with a club and lift their cudgel against you as Egypt did. For very soon my fury will subside and my anger will be directed toward their destruction. The Lord of heaven's armies is about to beat them with a whip, similar to the way he struck down Midian at the rock of Oreb. He will use his staff against the sea, lifting it up as he did in Egypt. At that time the Lord will remove their burden from your shoulders and their yoke from your neck. The yoke will be taken off because your neck is too large. They attacked Ayath, moved through Migron, depositing their supplies at Michmash. They went through the pass, spent the night at Geba. Ramah trembled, Gibeah of Saul ran away. Shout out, daughter of Galim, pay attention, Laashah. Answer her, Anothath. Medenatha flies, the residents of Gebeb have hidden. This very day, standing in Nob, they shake his fist at daughter Zion's mountain, at the hill of Jerusalem. Look, the sovereign Lord of heaven's armies is ready to cut off the branches with terrifying power. The tallest trees will be cut down, the loftiest ones will be brought low. The thickets of the forest will be chopped down with an axe, and mighty Lebanon will fall. Psalm 22 From the music director according to the tune, Morning Doe, a Psalm of David. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? I groan in prayer, but help seems far away. My God, I cry out during the day, but you do not answer, and during the night my prayers do not let up. 
you are holy, you sit as king receiving the praises of Israel. In you our ancestors trusted, they trusted in you and you rescued them. To you they cried out and they were saved, in you they trusted and they were not disappointed. But I am a worm, not a man, people insult me and despise me. All who see me taunt me, they mock me and shake their heads. They say, Commit yourself to the Lord, let the Lord rescue him, let the Lord deliver him, for he delights in him. Yes, you are the one who brought me out of the womb and made me feel secure on my mother's breasts. I have been dependent on you since birth. For the time I came out of my mother's womb, you have been my God. Do not remain far away from me, for trouble is near, and I have no one to help me. Many bulls surround me, powerful bulls of Bashan hem me in. They open their mouths to devour me like a roaring lion that rips its prey. My strength drains away like water, all my bones are dislocated. My heart is like wax, it melts away inside me. The roof of my mouth is as dry as a piece of pottery. My tongue sticks to my gums. You set me in the dust of death. Yes, wild dogs surround me, a gang of evil men crowd around me. Like a lion, they pin my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. My enemies are gloating over me in triumph. They are dividing up my clothes among themselves. They are rolling dice for my garments. But you, O Lord, do not remain far away. You are my source of strength. Hurry and help me. Deliver me from the sword. Save my life from the claws of the wild dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lion and from the horns of the wild oxen. You have answered me. I will declare your name to my countrymen. In the middle of the assembly I will praise you. Your loyal followers of the Lord praise him. All you descendants of Jacob honour him. All you descendants of Israel stand in awe of him. For he did not despise or detest the suffering of the oppressed. He did not ignore him. When he cried out to him, he responded, You are the reason I offer praise in the great assembly. I will fulfill my promises before the Lord's loyal followers. Let the oppressed eat and be filled. Let those who seek his help praise the Lord. May you live forever. Let all the people of the earth acknowledge the Lord and turn to him. Let all the nations worship you, for the Lord is king and rules over the nations. All the thriving people of the earth will join the celebration and worship. All those who are descending into the grave will bow before him, including those who cannot preserve their lives. A whole generation will serve him. They will tell the next generation about the Lord. They will come and tell about his saving deeds. They will tell a future generation what he has accomplished. Matthew chapter 26, the plot against Jesus. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he told his disciples, You know that after two days the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people met together in the palace of the high priest, who was named Caiaphas. They planned to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him, but they said, Not during the feast, so that there won't be a riot among the people. Jesus' anointing. Now while Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of expensive perfumed oil, and she poured it on his head as he was at the table. When the disciples saw this, they became indignant and said, Why this waste? 
It could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. When Jesus learned of this, he said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a good service for me. For you will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this oil on my body, she did it to prepare for my burial. I tell you the truth, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. The plan to betray Jesus. Then one of the twelve, the one named Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What will you give me to betray him into your hands? So they set out thirty silver coins for him. From that time on, Judas began looking for an opportunity to betray him. The Passover. Now on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My time is near. I will observe the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus instructed them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he took his place at the table with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. They became greatly distressed, and each one began to say to him, Surely not I, Lord. He answered, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go as it is written about him, but woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for him if he had never been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi. Jesus replied, You have said it yourself. The Lord's Supper While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And after taking the cup and giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood, the blood of the covenant that is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, from now on I will not drink of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. The Prediction of Peter's Denial Then Jesus said to them, This night you will all fall away because of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter said to him, If they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, I tell you the truth, on this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will never deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. Gethsemane Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to the disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and became anguished and distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved, even to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Going a little further, he threw himself down with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. He said to Peter, So couldn't you stay awake with me for one hour? Stay awake and pray that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will must be done. He came again and found them sleeping. They could not keep their eyes open. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is approaching and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us go. Look, my betrayer is approaching. Betrayal and arrest. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent by the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I kiss is the man, arrest him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you are here to do. Then they came and took hold of Jesus and arrested him. But one of those with Jesus grabbed his sword, drew it out, and struck the high priest's slave, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back in its place for all who take hold of the sword will die by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot call on my Father, and that he would send me more than twelve legions of angels right now? How, then, would the scriptures that say it must happen this way be fulfilled? At that moment Jesus said to the crowd, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me like you would an outlaw? Day after day I sat teaching in the temple courts, yet you did not arrest me. But this has happened so that the scriptures of the prophets would be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Condemned by the Sanhedrin. Now the ones who had arrested Jesus led him to Caiaphas, the high priest, in whose house the experts in the law and the elders had gathered. But Peter was following him from a distance, all the way to the high priest's courtyard. After going in, he sat with the guards to see the outcome. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were trying to find false testimony against Jesus so that they could put him to death. But they did not find anything, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward and declared, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. So the high priest stood up and said to him, Have you no answer? What is this that they are testifying against you? But Jesus was silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, You have said it yourself. But I tell you, from now on you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and declared, He has blasphemed. Why do we still need witnesses? Now you have heard the blasphemy. What is your verdict? They answered, He is guilty and deserves death. Then they spat in his face and struck him with his fists. And some slapped him, saying, Prophesy for us, you Christ, who hit you? Peter's denials. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A slave girl came to him and said, You were also with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it in front of them all, saying, I don't know him. What are you all talking about? When he went out to the gateway, another slave girl saw him and said to the people there, This man was with Jesus the Nazarene. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there came to Peter and said, 
You really are one of them too. Even your accent gives you away. At that he began to curse and swore with an oath, I don't know the man. At that moment a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered what Jesus had said. Before the rooster crows you will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly.